When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 5, Episode 16, as the New York Rangers seem to be on some sort of bye week, just a crazy schedule, uh, having so many days off, but it's actually much needed. So uh, good timing here, as Andy and I are going to you know, talk about the, the, the status of the New York Rangers moving forward. And... You know, I think there still is a lot to talk about, even though the New York Rangers are currently not playing hockey. But uh, as always, I first have to say, Andy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Uh, Not having the Rangers to watch has been a little bit difficult this week, but (laughs) there's plenty of other interesting games on. So it's actually I've been taking it as an opportunity to just check in on some other teams around the league. And uh, to be honest, I think we're all a little guilty of maybe making our mind up pretty early about some teams and you're like, all right, well, this team stinks and this team's taking the next step and this team is good. And you're, you're so focused on your own team though, that you kind of stick your head about the, up the, from the water and you're like, Oh, Washington is second in the division. Oh, Pittsburgh's on a five game winning streak and are looking like they could actually make it. And they look better, way better than I thought. And it's like, Oh, uh, Buffalo is just too inconsistent and is getting killed with injuries. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's it was it's been good to get maybe a bit of a temperature check on some of the various teams around the league this week. And I'm obviously just happy the Rangers have time to try and get healthy. Yeah, dude, I agree with you, man. And, you know, it's just been a wild week. I think this week where you're gaining a little bit of uh, you're catching our breath from what seems to be like a sprint, you know, the New York Rangers have just been on a, I feel like a tear and there's just been so much happening um, just around the team. It's wild to see us to the start. We, you know, have the start that we had. And then, you know, you, you do look around the league this week and you're like, huh, what is the Eastern conference? Because you're, you hit the nail right on the head when you say, you know, we were quick to judge teams. Now, I, I don't know what to make of this Eastern Conference. I really don't. I, I I agree with you that you know we were quick to judge these teams, but you know I I just don't I just don't know. Like I don't know what the Washington Capitals really are. Like I, do we have real faith in them? They're eight and four with a negative two goal differential. Are they riding some weird hot streak? I mean, seven two and one in their last ten. It's I I don't know. Like is. <laughs> I don't want to crown them very good, but like they also aren't the bottom feeders that I thought they'd be, but they're probably somewhere in between. And it's weird because you see teams like Washington and Pittsburgh do so well. And then you look at teams that, you know, should be just crushing every night, Toronto, you know, New Jersey, um, you know, I don't want to put, you know, Buffalo and Ottawa in those conversations, but everyone thought that they'd be at least hovering around that wild card spot. And they're just, they're not. You know, and the Devils, everyone penciled in as contending with the Hurricanes to win the Metro, including, you know, ourselves. And, you know, they're struggling to win games. And I know they have injuries, but um, we have injuries, too. A lot more of them. And in, in 
key spots. And listen, it's never easy to lose your best player, but we arguably lost two of our best players. And, you know, we're still finding ways to win. I mean, I don't know, man. They, I know they're hovering 500 right now uh, without Hughes in their last 10, but, you know, they got to find ways to keep the puck out of the net. I mean, they given up 55 goals and the first 14 games is, is not going to win you a division. It's, it's going to get you maybe a playoff spot if you can outscore that pace. But boy, oh boy, are they in trouble on the defensive end. So, yeah, I mean, Andy, overall, I mean, what do you make of this Eastern Conference? Are you are you sold on the current status of it? Or, you know, do you really think that, you know, come December or January that there's going to be a little shakeup and some of these teams will fall away and the other teams will rise? Yeah, I mean, I think by now we know which teams are definitely not going to make it. I think it's safe to say that Columbus, this is they are st- still rebuilding. Um, Ottawa, I don't know what the deal is there. Just so inconsistent. You'd think that they'd have a good mix, especially and I on paper. I I think I like their team so much better on paper. It's just I don't know if DJ Smith is ultimately the coach. For them, you know what I mean? They, they definitely need a coaching shakeup. The Islanders are obviously just too old, too slow. It's just they're basically past their expiration date. But yeah, and then obviously Buffalo is just defensive woes, a little too young. And now they're going to be without Tage Thompson for a month after getting injured last night. So you, you know they're out. And then you have, you know, Philly and uh, who is honestly, I, I think kudos to them. I think Tortorella has them playing a lot better than they are on paper. Obviously it really helps having uh Couturier back, but, and yeah, but they're actually, I think they're playing a little bit above their heads a bit, but yeah. But then, I mean, obviously when you get to all the teams in those, those wild card spots, essentially, or fighting it out with the one, all those teams in that one game swing where one day they're out on the outside and the next they're in third place in their division or in a wild card spot. Yeah. All those teams are for real, you know what I mean? But it's just, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of good teams in this league, but it's really about consistency. And I think you're seeing a lot of the younger teams having trouble with the consistency. You know what I mean? Or at least they can score like the teams like the Devils. They can score goals in bunches. But um, yeah, defense is hard. And a, a lot of those clubs that maybe on paper, Washington shouldn't be in second in in the division. But at the same time, you know, even their aging core they, they were, you know, they, they always usually have pretty good low key underlying numbers and they know how to play the right way and play good defensive hockey. And honestly, I, I, it's, if anything, it's like, they're just kind of steadily climbing from maybe a tough start on the season when some of these younger teams just with a ton of jump and young legs just kind of thought they were going to blitz the season. And then the, the, once the grind starts setting in a little bit about like, oh, it's, you know, it's a marathon and not a sprint. And then lo and behold, the, you know, some of the older teams like the, the, at this point, like the Penguins and the Capitals are, and uh, are making their climb back. And then, I mean, even look at Florida who yeah. between injuries and, and just a, a tough start has finally found their footing. And now they're second in, you know, and everyone was like, well, they're once Montour and Ekblad were out, you're like, that's it. But they, they've they been doing this without them. And now they're going to get them back. And they're second in the Atlantic. So, uh, yeah, I think I think the aforementioned teams I mentioned earlier are obviously, I don't think they're going to make it. But, you know, right now, it, it is possible that come Thanksgiving, the, the Devils are, are going to be on the, you know, at least not in a wild card spot. I still expect them to make the playoffs. They're going to get Jack Hughes back on Saturday, of course, against the Rangers, and they'll get Heischer back at some point. But at the same time, I think a lot of these younger teams anyway, on paper, or teams that are supposed to be taking the next step are kind of realizing that uh, consistency is hard to do. And I think if there's one thing the Rangers have going for them is that, yes, they're maybe not as young as they used to be, but at the same time, even their young players have a couple of years of responsibility under their belt, and they're by far one of the most consistent teams in the national hockey league. I mean, right now they're, although they're, they're third in the league, they're tied for third in the league with Dallas. They have a game in hand on Dallas and they're only two points behind the second place golden Knights, uh, with two games in hand on them. So, you know, I mean, 
it's possible if they win those ga- if they can win both those games that they're at uh if they win both those games they would be uh well boston would still be in first because they you know they have t- uh, three more points than the rangers with only one more game played but yeah i mean they're, they're basically the rangers are, are clearly a top team in the league this year and i don't think it's by I know, sorry, this long one. I don't think it's because the Rangers are necessarily like this five on five offensive powerhouse that's just murking all these teams. I just think they're the most consistent. They've been the most consistent defensively. They've been the most consistent with their system and sticking to their structure and their plans. And uh, yeah, every game kind of feels the same with them. I don't feel like they've ever gotten really outside of maybe that one game where they had no legs against Nashville, I don't, they've never been run out of the building. They've never really, really been embarrassed, but they, they never also, they have, it's been, they haven't really whomped on anyone really yet. You know what I mean? I just think that they're, they're just playing the game that's in front of them every single game. And lo and behold, the, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. I, I mean, if you look back at their schedule, I think the only team really, especially recently that they've, you maybe kicked the shit out of, I would say it was Detroit. And, you know, they let them back in in the third period. But at that point, it's 5 nothing in the third period. You know, quick as a net. It's just, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not really going to judge them on the last 20 minutes when you're up 5 nothing. Uh, it's riddled with injuries. And, you know, you finally have a chance to catch your breath after the stretch that they've had. Uh, you know, again, you look at their, you know, you look at their schedule and, you uh, you know, they had the early Western Conference swing uh, that they were extremely obviously successful on. And then they, you know, they come home uh, and have to, you know, beat, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes and they have to go back out West and face the Wild. And then, you know, it's just like the grind of, you know, the New York Rangers schedule. I think that's what makes this all so much more impressive. And and then also comparing yourselves up and down the Eastern Conference, you're like, you know, what is this New York Rangers team? Like, how come we're the ones that are, you know, nine zero and one on our last ten, three game winning streak, and you know, being successful and just grinding out games. And and you're right, it's just it's consistency, it's our ability to keep the puck out of our own net. Uh, we're getting you know great goaltending. Our special teams have been you know solid. We're winning the special teams battle consistently. And you know, you you look up and down this lineup, and although you know we're not a hundred percent happy where everybody is, but it seems to be, you know, uh, you know, every man, you know, is, is pulling their own weight. And again, I, I, I applaud this team. I did not think they had this in them. Uh, I did not think, in fact, I thought the opposite. I thought we'd struggle, you know, in the beginning. I really did. And, you know, it just shows you that, you know, we, Laviolette had the team prepared and I give him credit for that because it's not, it's not easy to do, especially with, you know, younger kids that maybe have never real played a real NHL system before, you know, it's one thing to, to learn it in college or junior, but at the NHL level to run a system and run it successfully is not the easiest thing to do. Uh, especially after, you know, coming off two seasons where your coach basically gave you as much freedom as you wanted to, or, you know, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, you know, your positioning on the ice and now all of a sudden you have to be structured and, and, and learn, you know, and think outside the box a little bit and, and realize that, you, you know, you're defending as a team, not just an individual. So, yeah, I give Laviolette a lot of credit. I mean, this is, this is obviously his doing, but, yeah. you know, but everyone seems to be buying in. And that's, that's something that I didn't think was going to be possible, the, at least this early, you know? Yeah. You know, I also think his staff really deserves a lot of the credit too. I mean, obviously the whole coaching staff, Laviolette and his assistants, I think the, and I have no way of really proving this, mind you, it's just kind of, I'm trying to correlate what you see from practice and, and just interviews and what I'm seeing from the Rangers. It's yeah. The system is obviously so much better because let's face it, have the Rangers really had a system in since Tom Rennie, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, you had the black and blue shirts under torts before he kind of had his, you know, he's these days, Tortorella is a more offensive coach, even that, but it, it still always starts with defense for him. And back then it was even, you know, block shots were going to win every game two to one or one, nothing even. Um, Elaine Vigneault was like, yeah, fly the zone. And if when it, the puck inevitably Dan Girardi hits a stanchion, it comes back in his face. Henrik Lundqvist will bail us out and we're <laughs> going to stretch the ice. You know what I mean? And then obviously David Quinn. Well, you know, <laughs> we, we all know how that went. And 
Gallant didn't really have a system as much as he had, you know, just general concepts and and uh, and compete level was his deal. But yeah, the Rangers finally have a system. But I think even maybe probably even more important than that is that I just think they have really good habits, like things I've noticed that I haven't seen forever. Actually, passes are flat. Sticks are always in, in good position in lanes, especially on their on their PK. They don't overcommit, but usually they want you to be aggressive. On They don't run out of position, but if you're going to do that, you have to have really good sticks because if you're going to shrink on the box in your PK, you're just going to let teams tee off for free and get, you know, they're just going to take shooting lanes as, as they open up. But uh, yeah, I just, I think just on a fundamentals better, I mean, I, it's a little bit of an overblown stat, of sure, but what's their second in the league or third in the league in faceoffs this year? <laughs> when was the last time the Rangers were a good faceoff team? It's just... And you see clips of, you know, Christian Amura and Dan Muse and, and Phil Housley and uh, Michael Pekka working on this, all this stuff with the Rangers in practice. They, you know, they, they're doing a lot more smaller ice drills this year. And I think it really shows how much more comfortable they are playing closer to the net this year. They're, everything's not to the outside like it's been for the last few seasons. I think they're just they're getting commissioned to do or a condition to do the right things in practice and have good habits. And it's, it, that's translating over too. So I think you combine that with Laviolette's pretty strong system that honestly almost works for any team. He five on five that he, he gets, he coaches. Then I think it's clearly been a recipe of success for them. And, and it's, it's wild just to see the transformation from last year to this year, just doing the little things and the big things kind of fall into place. And, you know, again, you know, we do have a good mix of, you know, veteran guys and younger players that, you know, you know, it's weird because, you know, I, I always felt like during the Gallant era that the players liked him until the very end, Re- basically right up until I'd say December. Well, I, I they struggled early, but like you just felt like there were cracks, uh, you know, going in the, in a relationship going into December of last year. And then it kind of really fell apart where they just never found consistency uh, in any of their games. And, you know, we always knew how frustrating this team was, was because they just would not be prepared some nights. And, you know, looking at this team and like, not only are they prepared, but they're implementing every little detail to, uh, to their game. And, you know, I, you know, I think, I want to say that, like, I, I think especially Kreider, Zabenajad, you know, Panarin, I think they, they all liked the idea of freedom. But when it comes to a whole team and the success, I you, you need a leader and you need like an alpha in the locker room. And, you know, that wasn't coming from an individual player. Like, we don't have a Sidney Crosby. We don't have, you know, a Joe Pavelski. You know, you know, Shesterkin's too young. Fox is too young. I just don't really think Panarin has that aura to him. Uh, you know, he's obviously very talented, but, you know, even Zibanejad and Kreider, I don't get, th- they're not that type of guy that, you know, like a Bergeron, when they walk into the locker room, it's, you know, it's their team. You know, and I was a little nervous with, you know, having Lavalette, but I really do feel like he, he, he fulfills that role and fulfills that void that we were kind of missing. You certainly didn't get it from Quinn, obviously, his first job as a head coach. And, you know, you, you certainly didn't get it with Gallant. You know, I, I feel like he was more of, you know, just a, a presence rather than, you know, you know, uh, and I, I, I don't know, like more of like just a, a coaching presence rather than, you know, someone that's going to implement something and, and hold people accountable, you know, and then, you know, I, Laviolette walks into the locker room and, you know, this is his team. Like you're going to do what he says. Otherwise you're just not going to play. And, and I think he's making things simple for them. I think he harps on the little things and, you know, I think we have enough talent in the room where it can be successful, but you gotta, you gotta work for it. You gotta, you know, you know, win the battles, the special team battles. You gotta, you gotta be able to defend first and your goals will eventually, you know, come. Um, and it shows you that, you know, despite injuries, despite, you know, uh, you know, uh, guys getting banged up out of the lineup, you're, you're still able to succeed because those little things anybody can do. It's not, it's not, there's no one player bigger than this team. So I really, I, I love, I love 
fucking what Laviolette has brought to this team. You know, I think it's it's taking us to a, a whole nother level that Ranger fans haven't seen in quite a while. Uh, now, Andy, now I, like always, I have to ask you and be on a little bit of air, air of caution here. You know, does this team flounder a little bit with the grind of the season? You know, it, it, we're not going to continue this eight, you know, 821 point percentage pace the entire season. I just realistically don't see that happening. Um, you know, but when do you think that this, this, maybe we calm down a little bit and go on a stretch where we do play 500 hockey, do you, you know, or do you think we can, you know, kind of keep this going, you know, or, or do you kind of see the wheels falling off just a little bit? I'm yeah. not saying like we're going to implode. No, but no, just, no. I mean, these the injuries fun- have to catch up to us eventually. Well, you know, the funny thing is I see it happening as soon as they, they get, get their back. full, their full deck back. Yeah. As soon as Fox comes back is, you know, Igor's in the lineup, Heedle, whatever, whatever he's dealing with. Uh, hopefully it's if it's a concussion issue which it probably is hopefully it's it doesn't you know the fact that we haven't heard anything isn't too bad but um you you just know that they're literally like we just have to next man up next man up they're locked in they're doing what they have to do trusting their system i think the second everyone's back and they're fully staffed again they're gonna let out that final sigh of relief like we did it we held the fort (laughs) And that's when it's going to come. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that'll happen for a couple of games. And then then probably Laviolette will be like, all right, enough of this bullshit. You know what <laughs> I mean? But yeah. I, and that's fine, though. That's the thing is that when you have the start the Rangers have had, you, I was ready to say to them just per, for myself that it would be fine if the Rangers, since they lost all those injuries, if they were played 500 hockey. But yeah. they didn't. They play better. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's just... And when you do that, it's like, okay, well, now my expectations for this team are higher than it was before. And I am fully prepared for them to lose against the Devils on Saturday. Do I want it to happen? No. But do I think it's going to happen? They're not going to have Fox back yet. Um, They're not going to have Heedle back yet because he's not even skating yet. Luckily, Lindgren is back because he's literally uh, Wolverine. You know what I mean? Yep. But they're, you know, the Devils are underperforming. They're going to get Jack Hughes back. They're on a mini road trip. They're coming home. So, yeah, the Rangers are, gonna, are probably going to lose that game. But here's the the strange thing: I don't really care. Like, it's okay. The way they've been playing, if they lose to a pissed off Devils team who are at home and get their Jack back, which is clearly all their confidence is with with him. You know what I mean? So, if that happens. Okay, you know, it stinks. You don't want to lose to your rivals, especially the team that eliminated you from in game seven of the first round. Uh, But it's I mean, based on what this team has shown me so far, it's not the end of the world. I'm not going to be like, well, this team now can't skate with the New Jersey Devils because I'm like, yeah, they they don't have Fox. I don't even know if Igor will be in net or back. Uh, They won't have Heedle. You know, they they have fucking Nick Menino and Tyler Pitlick. You know Chris Drury at this point, which I'm sure we'll talk about in our next segment. He's going to target a, a specific type of player to bolster the middle six or the bottom six um, closer to the, to the trade deadline. You know, our deep, we have a Joan Schneider third pairing, so it's cool. It's all right. They can lose the game. It's all right. But the I guess TLDR, the Rangers have earned that right by literally just making it. And I mean, obviously... There's been a few games this season where you're like, you know what? They're tired. They're on the road. They're hurt. It's so they're going to lose this game. It's okay. And then lo and behold, they pulled the, you know, the like what a Lafreniere pulled to get the game tying goal the other day, or they somehow make it to over t- overtime where their power play finally comes through and they get a point. It's like, all right, well, they got a point so they can lose an OT or just lose in the shootout, whatever. And then they win in OT or they win in the shootout. So yeah, I mean, they're to talk to our point earlier. This team is not a powerhouse by any means, but so hence I don't think they're going to do like a Bruins esque or what the Bruins I guess are doing again and just going to win every game every year because they're so yeah. well. But at the same time, it's okay. Like they can lose a game here or there. Like now, the more games they win, the more I'm like, well, they're going to lose one or hell, they might even lose a string. Well, but, that's what I want to ask you. I mean. I, you know me with the scheduling. I like to look out and predict. But you have the on the road against the Devils Saturday. Then you're on the road against Dallas on Monday. Then you're on the road at Pittsburgh on Wednesday. 
then you're on the road against Philly Friday and then at home against Boston on um, Saturday, November 25th. They'll lose to the Devils in Dallas. They'll beat Pittsburgh and Philly, and then they'll they'll lose to um, what was the last team you mentioned? Well, Boston. Boston. That's probably what's going to happen. That's cool. It's fine with me. I don't care. I mean, listen. If we go, what's that? What's one, two, three, four, five? If we go two and three during this next five game stretch, I'll sign me up right yeah. now. Yeah. Like especially if Igor's not playing in these games, uh, Fox is still out. Obviously, uh, you know, you mentioned Lindgren is back, thankfully, and no Heedle. Please. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling by calling 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Halloween is come and gone, and now the holiday season is upon us. And you know what that means. Uh... Absolute chaos. Now, it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. And why not take care of it now, before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. Yep, right now. You've heard me talk about Raycon products before, uh, and I, in the past I've told you how much I love my Raycon uh, everyday earbuds, use them for when I'm working out or going on a, running errands, going on a walk so I can uh, watch some show from my laptop while I'm over uh, doing the dishes. Uh, they are incredible, and they just make the uh, mundane things a little bit more enjoyable. So uh, yeah, absolutely a huge fan of them. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, which are known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32 hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all day wear and lasting comfort. And just this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. And their faucet filter ultra filters in the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring that the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half of the price of other premium tech brands, it's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. So to get everyone in on the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site, and with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds now and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off of Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. If you can if you can somehow, even if you lost the Dallas Western team, you can throw those points away. If they can just get a point against Pittsburgh, uh, you know, and 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 beat Philly and you end up losing to Boston, the Devils, and and 
Dallas, I'll take that. You know, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I, I want to beat Pittsburgh. I think that's important. Um, the devil game is, you know, it's, it's crazy because I don't want Well, I, I, listen, it's not that I, I don't care, but you know, I, I feel like we're above this, but trash talking the New Jersey devils, but th- doesn't it seem that the New Jersey devils and their fan base, like, they're still like, I, I don't this, and this is obviously Twitter and we have a New York Rangers run Twitter and there's just, there's a lot of overlap between us and the devils. Is it me or does it seem like we still live rent free in the devil's head after them beating us last year in the playoffs? Oh, it's, it's just in perpetuity because no matter it's unbelievable. What, and listen, a lot of that is because there are plenty of delusional Rangers fans that act like you know, are not nearly as embarrassed as they should be about the fact that the Rangers have only won once in, you know, since night, uh, since night, you know, basically since 1940, they've won once. That's it. Yeah. But the thing is, the same time, but the same time though, it's that the devils could win another, they, you know, they won in their cups in the nineties and then in the late thousand, you know, in the early two thousands. And it's just like, still not enough. They can win two more and it would still, the Rangers would still live rent free in their head because it's, it's just, you know, it's a little brother thing. So, but I definitely think too, after being bad and, and, uh, for the last, you know, hot minute and rebuilding and now thinking much like their team, I think their fans thought the devils were going to, were going to run buck wild over the NHL this year. And that's not the case. I think, you know, they just kept, and I think even their GM is like, you get a little bit too buy into the, you know, well, we're just going to get all these these good first line caliber players and this team is going to be incredible. But then you kind of realize at the end of the day that there is a case to be made about construction versus, you know, or, or, or function over form, I guess. You know what I mean? Uh, because I think they're it's crazy to say, but it's like they're they're almost the lesser players they lost that were willing to do the, the little things that none of the, the good players really want to do is hurting them. You know what I mean? I like, agree. And then they had a I... little less talent last year, but I don't think Timo Meyer or, or even Toffoli, who is, I think has been awesome for them, but I don't think they back check or plug up the neutrals or cover the neutral zone as well as some of the, those, those guys they had, you know, previously. Yeah. I, I, and listen, I agree with you. I, I mean, watching, you know, I, I didn't watch the last Devils game against the Winnipeg Jets, but, you know, what, like watching them play hockey is like you, you really it's they're just not existent in their own zone. And, you know, you watch Ranger games and we may get hemmed in like in our own zone, but I feel like we're moving as a unit and we're structured. The Devils are kind of I just feel like they stand around. They wait for the puck to get to their stick and they all try to rush out together. Like it's, it's men, men's league-esque sometimes it's, it's wild to see. And like, I, I don't know. I just, you watch the devils last year and they were just so quick that, you know, whenever they got the puck, they were able just to rush out. But I feel like, you know, the, the gigs up, you know, people know, you know teams know how to defend them. And, and if you're not going to work in your own zone, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, the, the teams are going to be successful on you. Like the, the parody in this league is, is, is you know it, it, there's no walk you know there's no walkthrough there's no stat nights except for you know obviously the sharks but even now the sharks have been playing a little bit tighter after getting you know embarrassed and you know and and and, and Andy I just literally you know I'm at, on on nhl.com and you scroll to the top and you get the scores you know Carolina's already down two nothing to Philly at the end of yeah. the first it's just like Jesus you know Carter Hart's feeling good I guess he, he got it half his system. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, man. Just I, I don't want to talk too early, but the, you know, come playoff time, I'm I'm loving the fact that we can play a system. I'm loving the fact that our special teams, you know, is good, and it could still even get better. Um, uh, the the honestly, the only thing I worry about really is the NHL front like offices just not going to give the New York Rangers a call ever if it gets called. <laughs> you know, that's like our biggest downfall. We just. Every goal gets turned, you know, if we're playing Columbus, at least 
you know, every every goal gets disallowed. You know, clearly what's in sit in front of the net. I'm not even gonna go back down this road. But like, you know how it is. It's just like we don't sometimes we don't get calls, but we're co- overcoming so much adversity, you know, whether it's injuries, whether it's you know, the 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 officiating, it's just everything seems to go our way. And it's just because I feel like we play a system where it's just it doesn't matter if it's, you know, five nothing or you know, zero, zero, it's like you're getting the same effort. You're getting the same push. You know, I feel like last year the Rangers would come out flat and then, you know, towards the, you know, the last five minutes that you'd get a surge of energy. You're like, where the fuck was this the entire game? Like, why, why are we all of a sudden figuring this out now? Or if we had a lead, we'd blow it and then go into overtime and end up either losing an overtime or, you know, or coughing up that point. So I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, the, the New York Rangers are just a, a different feel to them this year. Uh, much more positive. Uh, you know, I, and even me, I had the, as this winning streak has got me like, I don't know what to think. Cause going into the season, I was just doomsday, just like make the playoffs and I'll be happy. Now it's like, you know, I don't even care about the play. I'm just like, I, I just want to watch New York Rangers hockey. Cause it's such a, such a, delightful you know 60 minutes that you get to you know really like enjoy watching this team for the first time in a long time uh uh where do we go from here andy uh you got anything else but with the rangers i do uh go uh our rangers longest tenured uh beat writer larry brooks last night just casually dropping uh, that the New York Rangers are not now and have never been uh, interested in a reunion with Patrick Kane. So I did want to get your thoughts on that bit of news coming out last night. Do you think that's true? Do you think that's just a tactic, a a media tactic by the Rangers or by uh, someone else? Uh, Or do you think that a reunion with the Rangers isn't necessarily dead in the water? What are your thoughts on, uh, the apparent report that the Rangers are not in on Patrick Kane or not um, interested in a reunion. Uh, what's that kid Zaletsky or whatever? Uh, he's uh, Zaretsky. Zaretsky. He seems to have, I don't know. Hey, listen, is it 4D chess that the New York Rangers are playing? Like maybe they told Brooks to leak something like that. I just, I feel Could like, be. Kane is too old, like too old. The Rangers are not that organization. I feel like, you know, they, I mean, they have a hard time, you know, going after a a cool, unique third Jersey. I don't think they're going to start playing head games with a 35 year old future hall of famer, uh, who coming off hip surgery to try to get him here for cheap. You know, I, I feel like, especially because he was here last year, like they don't have to sell Patrick Kane on the New York Rangers. You know, Patrick Kane has to sell Patrick Kane to the New York Rangers. Uh, I just think, you know, it's just not a re- reality because in, and this is where I came from this entire time was, I just don't see Patrick Kane playing for the veteran minimum because that's all we can afford. And like, I, although he may want an opportunity to win, it's just, it's just not a real, it's not a reality. Even if let's just say hypothetically, the Rangers are the, his best option. I, I just, the cap is not there. So I just feel like if you're Patrick Kane or the New York Rangers, there's no games to be played to try to get your way. It's just, it's not a reality. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think now that, you know, it, we're on, you know, mid November, and Patrick Kane is kind of, you know, trying to figure out his way. I don't think Brooks, I think Brooks probably asked someone and they're just like, listen, no, it's just, there's, it's just not a reality. You know, we really never really could afford him. And Brooks, you know, drops that. And it's like, well, that's that. I'm sure Kane realized that, you know, the New York Rangers just wasn't a reality. I mean, we watched, you know, Tarasenko go away because we didn't think we could afford him. Um, and our signings in the summer, just kind of you felt like the New York Rangers weren't going to get that big, big ticket player because we just weren't in position. We already have them. You know, we have Panarin, we have Fox, we have Truba, we have Mika, we have Kreider. Like there's no more room for these big ticket players unless they want to play for a veteran minimum. And even then it's just like, 
you know, we're at like negative cap space, even with Fox on long-term IR, it's just, it's not a reality. So, um, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think that Kane is clearly interested in in arena with the Rangers. I don't know if they're the only one. You think so though? Yeah, I do. I I actually do. I think, I think he liked his time here, even though it obviously ended too early. Um, I think that the reports are true that he, he doesn't want to have to move his family for a few months only to have to move them again. So I think he does want term. I think term is honestly a little bit more important to him than money. I think in a perfect world, he wants both, but he, I think he's understanding he's getting one or the other. And if, if, especially if he wants to play in a winning team, he's only getting, if he wants term, it's going to be for very low money. So I think that the report that the Rangers are not in on him or not even interested is not true. I think they are interested, but are aware that it's the the re- financial realities are very, very difficult. And well, well, outside that, of making an insulting offer, like if they said, if I think if Patrick Kane was willing to do two years at like one point two million, he'd be a Ranger, and the Rangers would go for it. Okay. Uh, do so, I want it? No. I let I me ask you a Rangers, question. Yeah, do you ahead. think? Do you think that? With what you just said, do you think there has already been – do you think Patrick Kane's agent has already spoke to someone to the New York Rangers already? I mean, listen. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's Cause, cause I it's agree one of those you. things where – I mean, he's technically a free agent, right? So he can talk to anyone. Yeah, yeah, apparently yeah, he was so, in Toronto. Like, yeah, he was meeting with the team. So, yes, I, I definitely think. I mean, there's there's back channels and the agents probably calling and they do, you know things off the record. I think there's definitely feelers out. Um, Elliot Friedman had a, a basically has mentioned last week that uh, the GM of the Florida Panthers is that Bill Zito is just literally calls Patrick Kane and his agent like once a day being like, Hey, we're fucking serious. Like we, we want you here. Like <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up in Florida. That's yeah. serious. Um, again, I don't want him. And that's and because just you look at the stats for players that after a hip resurfacing, uh, they all, the longest anyone's ever made is like 30 games. <laughs> you know, you look Carl Hagelin, uh, now Nick Backstrom. It's just, yeah, well, I just can I ask you a question yeah, well, on ahead. top of this and not to ch- change directions because no, no. Uh, with that being said, and, and listen, the Rangers, you know, I, I don't think Patrick Kane's tenure here was a failure, to be honest with you. I thought he was actually, you know, pretty good for us. You know, I, I thought, you know, he played as well as he could being injured. So I, I have no ill will against him. Um, but I do want to ask you another player that was here last year with the Ottawa senators is only on a one year deal. And, you know, I, I saw his name pop up a couple times. Like, could there be a reunion with, you know, Tarasenko? He's obviously a right winger. He's making 5 million. You send a pick, they retain some of his, his money. Uh, essentially, you know, they kick the can, you know, they, well, you know, they gave it the old college try bringing in a player with like Tarasenko. But, you know, y- do you think Tarasenko would come back you know, as a New York Ranger, if they, you know, retain some of that salary. Um, I, I think Tarasenko, I mean, how much did they give Tarasenko this year, Ottawa? Five million. And then he's a UFA next year. (sighs) So, I mean, they can retain. Yeah. I I think that would, so the Rangers would probably have to add to. I don't know how much you'd honestly get. Like if you were Ottawa for Tarasenko, he's a UFA at the end of the year. So it's not like, you know, he was going to resign or something. He's already, he's, you know, already 31. That's true. Turning 32. So maybe if you could goose a little bit more from the Rangers, like, you know, I don't know. Uh, would you give up a prospect like Brett Berard for just Tarasenko mm-hmm. at 50%? Bone saw, buzzsaw. Let's say it's uh, Berard and a, and a third or a second. No, I wouldn't do that. Exactly. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. But if they told me just the pick and no prospect. You know, I also maybe. think looking at the construction of this team just on paper, 
you understand, I guess, that when Heedle comes back, he he joins the third line with Cooley and, and Kako. Does Wheeler, are they, I guess the question is, are they looking for someone to take Wheeler's spot? Or are they going to leave him up with Kako, or excuse me, Kreider and Zabanajad? Or are they looking for someone to push Wheeler down to the fourth line? And if not, are they are they looking for someone to, to push Wheeler down so to take a spot on the first line? Or are they looking for, um, you know, someone to basically round out the bottom six, which has kind of been the Rangers' one glaring weak spot? You know, or, or and I mean, this might also happen. Clearly, the Rangers' depth on defense is pretty thin if they lose someone or do they get someone who they're a little bit more confident to step in than say uh, Zach Jones, if God forbid they have an injury going to the playoffs. I don't know. I don't know what you do. What What do you think is more important right now? Defensive depth or, you know, try to, you know, add more depth to up front on the, on the offensive well, side. Well, of their the team pot. defense is already so good. I think they're, they're, the where they're struggling really is just five on five. Obviously, they're they're scoring timely goals, but I think there are some players that may be enjoying a little bit of an inflated shooting percentage. Uh, so I think they more they definitely need more scoring, but I think you need more. You, you need some more full like you don't need empty calorie scores. I think they need someone who is maybe not the most offensively skilled player in the world but drives just really strong on ice uh you know the goal you know five on five uh goal scoring metrics you know what i mean just someone who sets you know because i think the, the rangers do have enough finishers i just think they need more i mean it's eventually mika zavanjad's gonna start it's gonna pop because it's just boiling over i thought he looked great in the last game He's not getting rewarded, but I thought he was all over the place and he had plenty of chances. He's just shanking everything right now. Yeah. I thought he could add two goals last game, but um, yeah. Let I me think, answer your question. Yeah. Your thoughts on a player like Nick Foligno? You I know, mean, he's an older player. He's got experience. Everywhere that guy goes, he's beloved. Um, You know, he's on a one-year deal with Chicago. Or just the end of his deal. Only four million. Even if Chicago retained, they're still rebuilding. They'll certainly take a pick and ship him off. And I don't think, I don't think Felino's ever won a cup, right? Am I crazy? No, because no, he was what he Boston yeah, he was on, last he was year. He's, last year, he's with uh, Columbus for a hot minute, right? Uh, um, Toronto, hot minute, Boston, Chicago, and Columbus is the only teams he's played for. And then well, he's drafted by Ottawa. But yeah, you know, I honestly, I don't know if Nick Foligno is the type of player the Rangers need. I think they have enough. I don't think they're one of those teams that unlike some of the, a lot of the other teams in the league that need like the, the maybe not, I'm not what I once was, but I'm just like an ornery grizzled vet who I don't think they need that guy. I think between uh, Wheeler and Truba Honestly, because they've always tried to do the by committee thing, even with Truba. But I actually think they have enough personnel to make that work now. You know what I mean? Or the right yeah. personnel, I would say. I think, you know, luckily their young guys are, are a bit older now. And there, yeah, there's just enough of those guys. I just don't know if I think, I think they need a worker. They need whoever the equivalent of a, uh, you know, I guess a few years ago it would have been, um, uh, shit. Who's in? Who's in? Uh, who was on? Who got traded to to Tampa for their cups? Who's now in Calgary? Who got traded from? Who's in Cal? Who's Calgary? He's a winger. He's really fast. Oh, Blake Coleman. Yeah, like they need. That's the type of guy they need. They need a Blake Coleman. Yeah. Honestly, if Blake Coleman, imagine that you got Blake Coleman. And you had him in your. You know, I mean. Obviously, it would be an embarrassment of riches, unfortunately, because then you'd have to push someone who probably shouldn't be in the on the fourth line to the fourth line. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I think that's the type of person they need. Um, you what know, are your thoughts and, and on Sean Monahan? We could do this all day. I can Monahan. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy he's he's coming back. I just the Rangers just don't need yet another slow player. Okay. I just don't. You know, I think they need someone like... I still like the Duke, by the if way. If they could just clone Will Cooley and have another Will Cooley in the lineup, I think the Rangers would win the Cup easily. 
dead ser- dead ass serious. He is, I think, yeah. he's one of the the most underrated reasons why the Rangers are good this year. He is basically, I think, driving that third line by himself. Every time he is on the ice, he does something dangerous. He is way faster, way more aggressive, way more confident than I thought. When the Rangers need a goal, he he buries, he, you know, he digs down even deeper. Uh, and he's a self-starter. He hasn't had a single flat performance all year. Even when the team, the, the few games where I thought the Rangers were a little flat, he was not flat. Yeah. You know, maybe you, you hope that he's not going to have a sophomore slump next year. But, you know, he's manhandling some of the, the, the stronger players in the league already as a 22-year-old. You know what I mean? So if they could clone him again, it would be fine. But I think if you have a bottom six that is like essentially Cooley, Kako, Heedle, a Blake Wheeler type, or excuse me, not Blake, uh, uh, a Blake Coleman type to go along with, you know, I assume it would displace one of Benino or Pitlick, especially if it's someone who can kill penalties. So there, it's a little bit more salvageable to be like, well, yeah, we have to take Pitlick or Benino out, but this person also kills penalties. You know what I mean? Then I think yeah. that's what the Rangers need. Their Their team defense is already great. They just need, I think they need a little bit more oomph than their bottom six. That's basically it. Yeah. Unfortunately, Coleman's on a four year deal. He's he hard this, pass. Yeah. Four year deal at 31 years old. No, thanks. Four hard pass. million. But uh, a, a, t- a Blake Coleman type. I'm, I assume well, there's um, an Elias Lindholm very much available. He's 28. He's on UFA next year. 4.85 million. Um, what about what about Sean Corrales? Who was a real piece of shit in that game against Columbus? Uh, Sean Corrales. Hold on one second. Yeah, I gotta pull this this up. He, I just, I'm just now thinking of players that every time the Rangers play them, I'm like, fuck this guy. I hate this guy. Oh, he's there. I didn't realize he's thirty. I thought he was a little younger than that, but he's only thirty. I mean, he. What's his stat line this year? Six point sixteen games. All right, he's a minus two, but that team sucks. That's interesting. Where's this cap friendly? Cap friendly, I used to, I felt like used to always be the top one of the top results, and now it's not. He makes all right. He makes uh, two point five for next season is the last year at two point five. Is why wasn't he showing up on the team? But he shows up individually. Yeah, Columbus. Yeah, he's and he's a center. Okay, I mean I. Everyone's talking about how the Rangers are going to trade Goodrow in season. I'm like, what are you smoking? That's not happening. They're not going to do that. They'll they'll yeah. let him they, when his contract's over. They'll just let him ride off in the sunset. But they're not trading him. Yeah, I mean the thing is though, like you're going to need a player like that. So you trade him. Are you going to find someone as effective as he is? I mean, he. I know he has a disappointing regular season, but he was literally a top five player for us in the playoffs. You know, it's just the, that's the reality of it. I mean, and, and then. You know, if he's going to perform and play above his pay grade in the playoffs, that's really all that matters to me. I mean, I could give two shits what he does during the regular season, but if you show up, you know, come playoff time, I'll be happy with that. I mean, and listen, it wasn't hard to do because the New York Rangers as a team kind of sucked. But I mean, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think a system benefits him way more than a lot of other players on this hockey team. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, he he thrives in a system because he is three, three nothing Philly. You know what? A, what is oh, going on? Hold on. I mean, I well, I know Carolina's goaltenders have goaltending has been awful this year. A lot of teams are getting uh, are basically getting their their legs cut out from them with bad goaltending. Yeah. Well, it what uh, Freddie uh, Anderson's gone, right? Uh, um, yes, I believe so. And Ranta came back from an injury. So, is it Kach- uh, Kachikov? Is he their other their goaltender? Uh, yeah, but, I think so. Honestly, it's it's funny because it seems like that third spot in the Metro should technically be up for grabs. But I mean, the next well, Metro team that could take it would be the Devils, who have three less points in one well, less game. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What would you give up for a Travis Konechny? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, he's, tw- he's 26, five and a half million. Uh, he's only signed for the next few years. I don't know. I, th- I think they need more guys like him. I don't think they're looking to get rid of Konechny unless he overpaid him a lot. 
five and a half million. He's 26. So he'll get his next contract at 28, 29, which is, you know, perfect for him. Yeah. I don't I know. Mean, the the guy can put pucks in the net. Even with retention, it'd be tough, right? But it not, not necessarily impossible. Well, would you give up a good drill? I mean, if if it was possible, yeah, I would. I yes, would would <laughs> would Chris Drury, who is a little bit more old school than me, probably not. But I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, like what, I what, 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 how I love Capo like- Caco. I still believe in him. But if you said I could have Konechny tomorrow, if for Goudreau, uh Caco in a second, I'd I'd throw them both in the car. Really, I'd get on the through right? Yeah, okay. Konechny uh, is really, really good, and he's been on. He's been really good on. He's been underratedly good on a brutal team for the last few years. I, I and he's a prick, <laughs> and he's got a goal scoring touch. Uh, yeah, he's he's awesome. Yeah, he's he's got he's got he's got that X factor to him. I d- definitely. He agree just feels you. like someone who's going to win a cup. You know, sometimes there's players where you're just like, I don't know if this guy is ever going to do it on any team. Like, I hate yeah. to say that because he's on my team, but I feel that way about Mika Zibanejad. I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like, I want to be wrong because I love Mika. But but then you, you look at Konechny and you're like, this motherfucker's going to figure out a way to win a cup. Yeah. He's like the type that, that he'll be a third liner on a, a team and win a cup. I tell you because, what, man. Just I, he wants it. I, I don't dislike the Phil, Phillies team. Like, I feel like they're... No, they're, 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 you know, say what you will. John Tortorella doesn't get fired necessarily for on ice results. He gets fired for this. Just the team is like enough of this fucking guy. I can't. Yeah. Do it well, I, but the thing is though, like this team, especially like their contracts, like they're built, they're built to do a quick turnaround here if they can do it the right way. Yeah. It's just, unfortunately they've, they've not, they, they the have not drafted as well yeah. as they should have. I mean, they do they have some good young players? Yeah, but I mean, you know, some of the players they were su- supposed to, you know, I mean, Nolan Patrick, who knows what, if that, what, it's hard to know if he would ever panned out or if it was just the injuries, you know what I mean? But they've missed on a few other players too, or or, or at least they've just taken guys who are, are just like, eh. You know, obviously Michkov, whenever he comes over, is the is the big one. Yeah, but like you know, I don't know. It's like they, and and obviously, I think Cutter Gautier will be awesome. But like you know, the rest is like, we'll see if Bobby Brink is a player. We'll see if uh, Tyson Forster ever pans out. You know what I mean? But it's I, it's they just need more. They need more there, especially on the back end. I think they need because uh, you know they is. Um, who's God? Every I, I also feel like that every redhead gets drafted by the Flyers. They're yeah. like, our we have orange jerseys, so if you have red hair, we're going to draft you." So, um, what's his name? Who who played for the U.S. National Development Program? Uh, what's that kid's name? God damn it! Do I have to go well, daily face off? Um, I think he's playing for him right now, or he's in the, the AHL for them. This is uh, I know who you're talking about too, because he yeah. was up with the Cam team York. for a while. Cam York, yeah, Cam York, yeah, yeah, he's playing on their first pairing now. I don't know how he's doing. I assume he's doing eh, like maybe not not great, not terrible because I haven't heard. If you hear about him, it's either really good or really bad. So, uh, but like, 15 yeah, they games, just, one goal, three assists, minus three. Yeah, I mean they're not, not a great off, team. Off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, but and he's young. He's so yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly, so I, someone said it best is like they got rid of Provorov and Tony D'Angelo. That's just addition by subtraction. Yeah, and the, well, and the fact that you know, you Yikes, get, that that fourth line of Delorier, Cates, and Garnet Hathaway, that's probably a nightmare to play against. Yeah, yeah they're but, honestly their bottom six. What what they lack in skill probably looks like they give you a bad time. Fucking Scott Lawton, polling, yeah, Joel Farabee. Yikes, yeah. That, honestly, I'm not surprised that they're mixing it up. Whoa, yeah, whoa, they, whoa. they they're very low on skill, but they leave Joel Farabee out of the conversation. <laughs> South, South Kent kid. Oh, okay. Not. Yeah. No, I mean, again, I think that's good. I think they're, yeah. Oh, it, they don't have a lot of top end skill, but they have a lot. They honestly, they have a bunch of guys that would, once they go to other teams, will be very successful just because they're good culture guys. And well, just wait I don't know if that's by design or if that's just torts, but you know, that's a team that it's going to, if totally you're a, about a, Ryan Ellis, holy shit. 
Yeah, and Ellis is finally, or no, he's not back. He's no, he's not back. Still, he'll never. You might never play again, which sucks. But yeah, man. You know, James and I thought this was going to be a short one, but here we are talking about uh, Ryan Ellis in minute fifty-five of the podcast. So, don't you have a game tonight? I do. Ten p.m. It's uh, currently eight forty-five. I'll yikes! All right, let's 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 wrap this up so you can go go load the car up. Yeah, Uh, Andy, you know, take it away. Your final thoughts here. Yeah, man, this week was way too long, but the Rangers will be back on Saturday. Continue to get healthy. Oh, we we buried the lead on this podcast. Uh, Adam Fox has announced a partnership with Brooklyn Bagel Company to have uh, not only is he getting a breakfast bagel sandwich named after him, but he's also having a interview show where he will interview, uh, yeah, various New York City uh, I guess important people, influencers, Alexi Lafreniere, apparently. So yeah, you can go to Brooklyn Bagel Company soon and get the Foxy, which I believe is a combination between a bacon, egg, and cheese, and a uh, like a lox sandwich. Which I don't know if that's good. It's like basically lox, cream cheese, bacon, egg, and cheese mushed together on a bagel. Is that good? I don't know. Will I try it? Probably. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.